Aaron Chris talk. Hello, everybody. Now, if you're listening to this, it means something is working with our social media because you're here. You're listening to it. We're doing something right, aren't we, Claire? Yes, hello. <laughs> this is Claire and Chris Talk Lockdown Life. Now, we, we're we not, well, this is a new podcast, but we're not new to podcasting, are we? No, we've done loads. We've been doing it for over a year, haven't we? Yeah. But we wanted to do something a little, little bit different, didn't we? Yeah. Now, you will notice subtle mentions of the word, what is it I'm talking about? Boyzone. Boyzone. That's where our origins, that's where we cut our cloth. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. So we have our own Boyzone community on social media. But we thought that, yeah, we'll try something a bit different that will appeal to everyone and anyone. What we want to talk about in this Lockdown Life episode is our experiences of lockdown. What has got us through the last nine, ten months or so? What's helped us? What's frustrated us? We're also going to be having a very special guest as well, aren't we? To join us. Oh, I'm very, very excited about it. Do you reveal it or should we give it a no, 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 no. Even though it's in all, <laughs> all our posters. Yeah, well, you made it. those. That's nothing to do with So it's me. my fault then, isn't it? For yeah. me, it's a secret. <laughs> so strap yourselves in, everyone. We're going to take you on a magical mystery tour of our lockdown Now, what we're going to talk about next is TV shows that have got us through the lockdown since March. I'm going to start off with three words, Friday night dinner. Oh, yes. Friday night dinner. Now, I introduced you to this, didn't I, Claire? Yeah, I didn't think it was my cup of tea, in fairness. Now, I'd always fancied watching it, but I'd I'd never got round to watching it, but... uh, I'd seen some clips on like YouTube and through Facebook. Social media, well, yeah, exactly, so, so, yeah. When they brought them up, when you get these suggested clips, and I thought, this looks bloody cracking, this does. And I said, right, we're going to watch it, we're going to watch it. And we've become avid, avid watchers, followers. It's brilliant, isn't it? Oh, yeah, and during the, uh, the first lockdown. Yeah. I think we'd watched all of it. Yeah, yeah. Way. So Friday Night Dinner, let me explain. If you've never heard of Friday Night Dinner, let me explain. It was on Channel 4. You can catch up on it. It's on Netflix. It's on Channel 4 On Demand. More 4, I think, yeah. More 4, whatever it's called. I think it's about seven, eight series. And it's about a, a Jewish family. We've got the mother and father, and we've got the two uh, sons are very close in age, and they come round every. It's a tr- traditional Jewish thing to come round for Friday night dinner. And it focuses on that Friday night every episode. Yeah, all sorts of wacky shit happens, doesn't it? With Jim, Jim got hello all. Yeah, <laughs> hello Jackie, you look nice. <laughs> now Jim is uh, a mental neighbour uh, who we've got a few of them in fairness. We are. <laughs> it's not exclusive to neighbours, is it? But. Uh, 
But Jim, Jim is their mad, kind of weird, oddball neighbour who appears maybe a With quarter Wilson. away through the show. He's got a dog in the early episodes. I want to support for German Shepherd. German Shepherd Wilson, who he's terrified of. And... Yeah, he kind of interacts with them. They go through all sorts of madcap. They've got Martin, the dad, who is completely crackers. He likes to semi-strip, doesn't he? Likes to, he likes to be topless. He gets very hot. He's, topless. He's, he's topless in many, many episodes. He gets he? hot. Yeah. And the two boys are like, it kind of, emba- they love the parents, but they're very embarrassed about them. I can't blame them, really. No, no. Fairness. No. So... so uh, Friday night dinner, we love it. But as it's evolved, we we watched all eight series, didn't we? Very early during lockdown, like I said. We hammered it. We absolutely hammered yeah, we, living we, crap out of yeah. it, didn't we? Um, during this second lockdown, now for Christmas, ah. for, we've been talking about, we, we both, now this show, we both, both have loved it. Our, now, it, But it's going to go back a few years. We're going back to 1983. Before I was actually born. Unfortunately, it wasn't before I was born. Because I was born in 85. Yes, uh, but I was seven when this came out, so I was very... You're an old bastard. Uh, hang on a minute. But I was a bit too young to watch this, the first series, but I've kind of caught it years since and watched it numerous times. But it's been a few years since we watched it. We both had a bit of an obsession for it. You've seen it on you, you, uh, UK I, Gold yesterday, I, whatever it's I been repeated. I watched it as a child because my parents were huge fans mm. of it. Now, to point you out your misery, we're talking off, off, off. Our V-Design pet. Our V-Design pet. Or, yeah. in the style of ours... Bollocks, man. Yes, oh, exactly. Our V-Design pet, man. Now, our V-Design pet, like I say, is from 1983, originally on high ITV. ITV. Central, as it was, though. Central. Produced by Central. Central. Midlands. Midlands funded, Midlands produced. Right, okay. But I thought his own pet was an absolute cool classic back in the day. It drew figures of 15 plus million. It was one of those shows that people are obsessed with. It's a, dra- a dramedy, a drama stroke comedy, Black I would say. comedy. Yeah, and it's fantastic. It, it, it starts with um, a, a couple of Geordies. Three uh, Geordies. One, yeah, a couple of Geordies, then three Geordies, yeah. Who uh, go to work in Germany? Uh, the builders, they're, 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 they're manual labourers, uh, builders, and they they go to Dusseldorf to get because the work was very sparse. If anyone remembers early eighties, well, uh, it, was, it was a bit crap, weren't it? Early eighties in the UK was very very tough. There was a massive unemployment, and so these these chaps, Geordie lads went to uh, Dusseldorf to get money. We didn't have to pay tax and stuff like that. This is what it was. So they could get a few bits of cash, send it home to their family and, yeah, make some money. And this was all about... And then they they got together with different people. You had, like, Barry, who was a, a Brummey. Yeah. Barry, played had, by the wonderful Timothy Spall. You had Wayne. Wayne the Cockney. Wayne, by the black God bless him, the uh, the late Gary Holton. Moxie. Moxie, yes. The Scouser. Who wasn't actually a Scouser in real life. Christopher Fairbanks, who's been in many a thing since. And uh, then uh, Bomber. And Bomber. Bomber? Bomber from the, the black country. Bristol. <laughs> Bristolian. Bomber likes a bit of that. <laughs> Bomber likes a bit of that. Bomber likes his woman. But... 
what made this show work was because it was all about friendship. Yeah. They were put together in this hut. Yeah. And they were for all from different walks of life. They mm. had all these different accents, come from all different parts of the mm. country. And they were put together in this hut and they developed such amazing friendships. Yeah, and I th- I think I think we can we can resonate with this. On a personal level. On a personal level. It's, the thing is, you watch it, it's 1983, but it doesn't feel like something from 1983. It doesn't watch, date. No, you watch things from 1983, you know, 30, this is 39 or 38 years ago. That's a lifetime for a lot of people listening well, to this. Well, I wasn't even <coughs> born, like I said. Mm. But you watch it and it, it doesn't feel old. It's no. not dated. The humour... Even the fashion is not even that outdated no, in a weird really. way. No, not like when you watch some shows and yeah. things. So, the, 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 going back to the three central characters, you had uh, uh, Neville, played by Tim... Tim Whaley, is it? Is it Tim Whaley? No, Kevin Whaley. Kevin Whaley, sorry. Tim. I get mixed Dennis. up. Dennis. Tim Healy, there Tim we go. Tim Healy. Mixed up. And then the wonderful, wonderful Oz, played by... Jimmy Nell. Bollocks, man. Oh, bollocks, man. So everyone probably know who they are. You've, you've got Kevin Whiteley, who was in Inspector Morse, and then it's spin-off. Lewis. Well, Lewis, it's spin-off. Uh, Tim Healy, probably more recently, people know from uh, Benny Dorm. Yeah. Plays uh, some dressed up as a woman. And he was married to Denise Welsh. Denise Welsh, yeah, who's been in Coronet Street's so old yep. soldier. And then, obviously, Jimmy Nail probably needs no introduction. Jimmy Nail who is well known for his singing career, his acting in Spender, Crocodile Shoes, Evita, stuff like that. And they, I would say Tim Spall as well, he's a huge star as well. Oh, yeah. And uh, there's just something about the show, you watch it, it's comfort viewing, it's comforters throughout all this, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Even though I've seen these episodes hundreds of times stuff that you stuff you forget surprises you you. and like we watched the last episode of the first series Mm. yesterday and we completely forgot that the hook don't don't ruin it don't ruin it no no but i'm just saying if you want to you want to watch your own pet uh i think it was repeated on yesterday but yesterday was one of those channels was about channel like 721 on sky and virgin they did cut it back. There's a oh, few complaints. Timmy, uh, Tim Healy moaned about it, didn't they, he? They cut the uh, politically correct stuff mm. and stuff like that. But this is part of the time. You can't, you can't deny it. No. This is what part of its beauty. This is the, this is the thing. It, this is, this is humour. It's like Faulty Towers as well. Uh, yeah. You know, you know, the part of the humour was about those days. It's important to remember. This is how views were in those days. You can't paper over the cracks. No. You can't, you can't pretend it didn't happen. You can learn from this that people's attitudes yeah. change over the years. And I, I don't agree with the fact of covering things up that we that were broadcast in the past and said in the past because we can all learn from it. It happened. We can learn from it. And these type of things don't get said anymore. No. But I don't think it was particularly offensive at all, myself. No. I don't think so. <laughs> Even like... 38 years ago. And um, we, we have actually discussed this. Mm-hmm. And the, out of the first series, yeah. our favourite scene, our favourite quotes, the funniest. Yeah. I don't, I'm not sure if everyone would have found it funny. It was just something about it. 
But it, you do a cracking Jimmy Nile impression. Yeah, it might not mean anything to anyone. But anyone who's watched it, just one so line. Go ahead. So bro, there with no shoes on leg. And it, 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 that's when you get the context. It, it would take too long to explain. Yeah. But it's it's just like bizarre humor like that, like that. It was just it's real. It's real. It's authentic. It's like real life. It's it's humorous like real life is. It's not like gags. It's not no. like jokes. There's no jokes there. It is real, and that's what makes it so so comforting and personal to us. And it doesn't get as much credit as it deserves. I think it did in the day, but I think it gets not a now. Bit, it's been forgotten a little it's bit. It's a bit forgotten now. We've got the I of the Christmas. I got the first series and the second series, and like a box set. Okay, we're looking out for the next series, aren't we? Because there were a few more. We're so looking forward to watching it over this lockdown, and it'll keep our spirits up. It certainly it? will, because we absolutely love it. Now, since the start of, of lockdown back in March 2020... Yeah, I'm trying, of I course, get, last year. I nearly get my years mixed up, because it seems to have all rolled into one, doesn't it? Yeah, okay. definitely. We've become a little bit obsessed with magic radio, haven't we? We have. And uh, but it all started off listening to magic. You, you've been listening to magic for a long time, haven't you? Yeah, because of obviously Ronan doing the breakfast show with uh, Harriet. But over lockdown, we've kind of come to embrace some of the other presenters, some of the other shows, and listen on a regular basis. And it, it kind of fits into our routine of life, doesn't yes, it? Yes, it does, definitely. So... Who do you want to start with first? Who, who've kind of embraced more than anyone? I suppose we've got to start with Emma B, haven't we? Emma B. Emma B, the former uh, Radio 1 DJ. A lot of you probably remember on Radio 1 back in the day. Yeah. But uh, now she's on Magic. She does the uh, after, well, lunchtime stroke afternoon and slot. And the pack lunch. The pack pa lunch, the which is... Show. The request It's a request hour, so you can phone in or text in or email in yeah. with your requests. But, uh, but Emma is... Is um, it's like listening to an old friend, isn't it? When you listen to her, yeah, it's yes. it's very personal. And this is the thing about radio; it's totally different to TV. It feels is that personal thing. It's like they're talking to you, you directly. And I think I think that's why it's meant to be, isn't it? Radio, yes. Mm. And I think Magic have embraced that. Yeah, they have throughout. Well, lot or say lockdown, but the whole thing but i think really. i think emma b's always been like that throughout her radio career has that yeah has that 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 kind of like i don't know that that bond with their listeners and uh and the, the style she delivers it in and it's it, i don't know it's just it, it just and with every afternoon whenever we listen it's an afternoon and it just reminds us of certain points as it over lockdown yeah like um when we've been uh picking jazzy up from school yeah and things she's yeah. always on and we have that what's that Quiz she does. Ah, uh, the, uh, the oh god, I'm going to forget now. The lyric. The, the, the lyric quiz. I can't remember what it's called. The uh, oh, what's it called? <laughs> I can't remember. Sorry, Emma, if you're listening, which you obviously ain't. Okay, we've got, we've got, but uh, we yeah, do play lyrics, along. And it used to be easy, but now it's getting bloody it's hard. Not. It's getting bloody hard. I can't get them. I used to get them all, didn't I? No, no, I used to get more than you. Hang on a minute. No. Hang on a minute. I used to get more than you. No. But yeah, so we have Emma B, like a friend, listen to a friend, and we can't we can't forget to mention good old Lynn. Our Lynn well, one of our favourites, Lynn. Lynn Parsons, who does 
the evenings, uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Mellow Magic. Mellow Magic uh, from, it's from 8 o'clock, isn't it? 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock till midnight. Yes. We never make it that far. We even listen to her on Christmas Eve. We listen to her on Christmas Eve. She does, she does Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, then she does Sunday's request show. Oh, during the day, that During the one. day, Sunday, yeah. Sunday morning from about 10 o'clock. And Lynn, Lynn has a very soothing, relaxing tone about her. She has. Now, Lynn's been on, Lynn used to do radio on as well, actually. Back back oh, in the day, I think she used to do late that. nights back on Radio One, but uh, she has a very soothing, relaxing tone, mm. and once again, it's like listening to an old friend. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and we, we 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 have we have messaged requests in and told her what kind of dinners we're yeah, doing. Yeah, give we? us a few shout yeah. outs, Lynn. She has, she's always good for a shout out. Is old Lynn, not old Lynn. Sorry, no. Old Lynn, that's an affectionate term. It's not in any way linked to her age, okay? But Lynn, Lynn is fantastic, isn't she? But then, then we, of course, we listen to Nick, Nick Snaith. Nick Snaith. Oh, see, Nick Snaith is actually one of the main shows that I actually listen to. Yeah, because it's that time. I mean, if I'm not at home, yeah. I'm at work, and mm. I, I listen to it while I'm at work, so... Mm. Yeah, I love Nick. Because he, he follows on from Ronan and Harriet on the morning yes. until he... He MLB, passes over to MLB, yeah. MLB takes over from him. And uh, Nick's... Uh, he, he, but over lockdown, he's got his kids involved. Yes. He's been on walkie-talkies. They've gone about cooking them different, like, kind of like school yep. dinner, kind of pudding. So he's gone about sticky toffee pudding, concrete They've cake, been nicking his advent calendar while he's been out on a yeah. jog. And they, and they do appear on it every now and again. You can yes. hear them. Which is great because, like I said, once again, it makes it, it, it resonates, doesn't it? A bit like, he's home. Yeah, a bit like Row with Coops, though. Don't mm. forget that. Mm. And we should say we failed to mention the fact that Emma B, uh, Lynn, Nick Stade so far, they're all doing these broadcasts uh, on the radio from home. Yes. In their own little off um, studio setups, whether it be in a shed. In a spare room with it, with it, MB. Next to the toilet. In, yeah, MB's case, it's right next to the toilet. So when her husband's going for a pee, uh, he has to hold it in. She she's said that. She said that. She said that. Mm. So, yeah. <laughs> can you imagine doing it? Can you imagine us doing it at home? We wouldn't be able to do it. It'd be a lot. Our <laughs> toilet's always in you. He's talking about, I'm just touching the toilet. I'm not talking about the toilet. <laughs> the, the, the person makes the most noise is me on there. So. <laughs> But Magic Radio, who else have we listen to? We've also uh, listened to uh, Cat Shoe. Cat Shoe usually fills in for uh, Emma B as well. On the Fridays sometimes. On yeah. Fridays sometimes as well. And uh, Jim Davis. Jim, Jim. On uh, a Sunday. On a Sunday. I remember, actually, I remember Jim. He used to be on BBC Radio Leicester oh, many yeah. years ago. I remember him over on that because obviously I listened to Radio Leicester. That's where I'm from. I'm a Leicester fan. So I listened to it for the football. Jim used to cross over with the football show, so I remember him. Then he came on Magic. I thought, hang on, it's Jim. It's Jim from Boots Radio like Leicester. Jim. He's done bloody all right for himself, and he's on Magic. He's gone national. No, I like Jim. Yeah. I find Jim quite soothing on a Sunday. So they picked, they picked a very good kind of selection of presenters. I think they've done it pretty well. Now, we, I don't, we don't really, I, I, I used to listen to talk sport. So I'm a bit of, like I've mentioned again, I always mention I'm a football fan, but I got sick to death of it, especially over this lockdown period of the football. I love football, but my thoughts on football, the way it's played, I could go on forever, and you could yeah, go on forever yeah, about I it. We so don't, I, don't. I, Sorry. I, I wanted to kind of distance myself. I still watch football, but I wanted to distance myself from all that. And yeah, it was something a bit more, yeah. Uh, relaxing and uh, something I could relate hmm. to. And that's why we start listening to Magic. Yeah. But 
we did, we haven't really touched on. Mm-hmm. Like we said at the beginning, we got into magic because of the breakfast show with yes. Rowan and Harriet. So we've got to mention the breakfast show. Of course. Now, now it does start at 6am. So mm. I'm never, ever, ever going to catch the start of it unless I'm ill and thrown up in the toilet or something like that. No, the it's, too early. it's too early. It's too early. I am an early riser, but not that bloody early. But know. we stick it on as soon as we get up. Yeah. And you've got, got all the competitions. We've done our podcast before, haven't we? And, of course, Eloise as well on the breakfast show. She's great as well. Yeah. The trio, they're fantastic. Mm, they work mm. really, really well together, I think. Yeah. And Harriet's amazing. Good chemistry. Yeah, good Rose, chemistry. Rose quite funny on the breakfast show, actually. He's got funnier. I think he's, he has definitely since, got since funnier. Since he started it, yeah, he's loosened up a bit. He has. He's, yeah, I think especially over lockdown... He's, he's a lot more comical. Yes, definitely. He really is. And, of course, Rona does feature uh, his kids on there sometimes as well. Yeah, like Cooper's Co- been Coop's on quite a lot. And, of course, his missus, Storm. Well, yeah. She's been on quite a bit, the phone, and she humiliates Rona. Yeah, when her and Harriet basis, gang yeah. up on him, but he deserves yeah. that. So but that's fine. what it's all about. You humiliate me. You, you, you yeah, do. But you're you a man. Men that's deserve it. it. Men can take it. Men are there to be shot at. Not literally. But... There we go. Magic Radio, one of the things that have got us through these last, what, nine, nine and a half months? Nine, nine, ten months. Magic Radio, thank you. Books, books, books. You love reading your books, don't you? Oh, reading. Reading such a comfort. And I think... For many people throughout this lockdown, the last lockdown, yeah, books. What can I say? So what do you find good about reading books? What's helped you? Go on, tell me. Talk to me. reading is actually very, very therapeutic. It's very good for the mind and it does relax you because it it will transport you to a place far away because you use your imagination. You set the scene. You visualise what these characters in the books look like. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like in your mind, if you understand what I mean. Yeah. Now, you're not a big reader, are you? I used to be. Yeah. But uh, not so much now with, mm. with all the kids and stuff. I need total concentration. No, you just read Twitter, don't you? Like your morning <laughs> newspaper. I do, yeah. I don't get a newspaper now. I do it all through the means of social media. You get your news immediately, just like that. Just like that. Yeah. Poor Daniels, just like that. Poor Daniels, just it. Oh. I hope so. <laughs> so. Oh. <laughs> But, but no, you do, you have read, you have got like favourite authors and favourite genres of books, etc. I have. So you'll understand what I'm talking about. I will indeed. When you visualise that character. You do, you visualise them, don't you? In your own, you interpret it in your own way. You do, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you, you kind of, you tell the story in your own way. You are the film director. Yes. You, you picture it, you, you've got the... The uh, the pictures of the, the the faces in your mind, who was playing, whether they're whether they're like a famous actor 
or whether there's somebody you've created in your own no, mind. No, you're right, yeah. Definitely. But you are the film director, you control it, don't you? Yeah, and if you've got like there's a bitch in the book, oh, then you yeah. might you might give her like the character of someone that you absolutely hate. Oh well, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Mm. And if it's like a sexy honk, it might be somebody that, like you know, you idolise some pop star, film star. Husband. Husband, the husband of God. Okay. But yeah, Watch you do. It. You create your own scene for the whole book. You do. Mm. Okay. okay. And it's great. Mm. But ah, we were having a conversation earlier. As we do. You when asked couple. me a question. I you did. said, "What has the been the best thing that the internet has given you?" Oh, yeah, what a conversation. These are the type of conversations you have. Yeah. As a married couple, you'll yeah. probably realise this. And you asked me that question. Mm. And my my answer was actually, like, music, like Spotify okay. and being able to just, like, access music, just like that. Not have to sit there with a tape recorder. No. Recording off the chart show on a Sunday afternoon, which if you're is certain, what I used to have to do. If you're a certain age, you'll know what to talk about. If you're a bit younger, you'll think, what the bloody hell are you on about? Stuff it with tissues, put a bit of sellotape, sellotape over the gap. bit of cardboard to record yeah. it, pencil in, twist yeah. it around when it gets chewed exactly. off. Exactly. That blah, was blah, my blah, blah, answer. Blah. What was your answer? What's my answer? I, I said Wikipedia. Yes, you did. Because I have a thirst for knowledge. Yes. It is an online encyclopedia. Your brain is like a sponge. Yeah. If there is anything that I don't know about and hear about it, I go to Wikipedia and I think, yeah, let's find out about it. And I store it up here like a computer. Maybe more like a Spectrum 48K than a uh, one terabyte kind of computer. Maybe like a Spectrum. Yeah. Maybe not that much memory. But, yes... I like to restore memories and all memories and information and keep them there and pull the drawers out when I need it, when I need it, when it comes like, so watch a mastermind earlier on. I like to store the information, pull the, when the question is asked, pull the drawer out in my mind. Yeah. And I think about it, answer the question. Yeah. I'm weird like that. Well, yeah, but I make sure you, you so. Don't agree. And I love you for it, sweetheart. Yeah, okay. But that brought us on then to yep. the next part of the conversation. And I said to you, how come when the Kindle came out, Ooh. it didn't kill off real physical books? I think, I don't I think that we, we did speculate on this, that maybe 30, 40 years down the line, that it might take over. I didn't agree. Okay, but, but I think there's nothing like having a fresh new book or a book you've checked out from the library. The, sm actually, the smell. The smell. I was just going to say the smell of a new We're book. We're weird. We <gasps> when you get a new book, give it a sniff. The smell of give a new Give it a sniff. We're, we're not talking drugs. We're not talking cocaine. We're talking no. the smell of a new book. It's, you know, we're not talking chopping up with a credit card. Give that book a sniff. Yeah, and bookmarks. Yeah. The, the love of bookmarks, being able to use a bookmark in a book. Yeah. I've got to think about bookmarks. I love bookmarks. I'm more of a kind of ripped off piece of paper kind yeah, of Yeah, that's because you're a man. Yeah. But I've got all my bookmarks. You have. And I've got, 
I've got a leather bookmark uh, with the with um, some Stewie London on it. Right. I've got some uh, bookmarks with my star sign on it. Okay. And I've got a bookmark by actually Fiona Gibson, which I actually won uh, along with a signed book of my choice uh, on her Facebook page, and I treasure that bookmark. She painted it herself, and it's lovely. Very nice. Oh. Taking the mick, are you? Of course I'm not. It's very nice. I'm being very truthful. It's <laughs> just, just, just sceptical. But, yeah, so the main point was, what we were saying, was why didn't Kindle finish physical books? We've gone through the benefits of physical books. The sniff, the smell. But there are many benefits to Kindle as, Kindle as well, isn't there? Of course, it's convenient. You can take it on a holiday. Yeah. You can... It's, Read it on a plane. You can have a hundred books on there, can't you? It don't take not, much space. Not lug around, you know, 50, 50 kilos of books around, I suppose, don't you? But it's not the same. No, it's not the same. And I have both. I have books on my Kindle and I have physical books. Mm-hmm. And I think that I don't personally think that will change. Now, we've talked about us a hell of a lot, our experiences of lockdown. Now, it wouldn't be a lockdown podcast if we didn't speak to somebody else to get their input and their experiences of what life has been like for them. Now, we're going to be speaking to now one of your favourite, favourite authors. Yeah. Keep the suspense going, okay? No, it's, it's really exciting. I can't wait. Now, Claire loves Chitlit Roncom. We are going to be speaking to best-selling Rom-con or rom-com rather. Yeah. They could be teeth in, okay. <laughs> rom-con author Fiona Gibson, author of over 17 fantastic novels. Wow. Is she there? Oh. Hello, Fiona. How are you? Hi, Chris. I'm good, thank you. So we are talking about lockdown life. That's what the podcast's called. So I want to get your thoughts on, you know, how lockdown over these past 10 months or so have been for you. Um, well, I've worked from home for 24 years, um, writing books and writing for magazines and things. So I'm really used to working from home and not having colleagues. Um, it's been different because now my husband is also working from home and we've had uh, our adult um, kids coming back at various times as well. Um I suppose it's okay. I feel quite lucky compared to, you know, what a lot of people are having to put up with. I mean, I do miss things like being able to go and work in a cafe on my laptop, which I used to love. Yeah. Um, and basically being housebound, you know, apart from walking the dog and stuff. So I kind of think I'm quite lucky. And luckily people are still buying books, which is good news. Um, of course. I think concentration-wise I've found it quite difficult, but I think a lot of people have actually. Yeah. Focusing is hard, um, but that's maybe my excuse for my lack of productivity. But I did finish a book in lockdown in the summer, which is the one that's coming out in um, in March, and I'm halfway through writing another one. Oh, right. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm managing all right, you know. <laughs> oh, it's the dog share, isn't it? It is, yeah, that's out on March the 4th, yeah. So had you started writing that before everything happened yeah i had i think i'd started it in sort of the late autumn and then obviously we kicked into everything in march um 
So I spent really the most of, sounds awful, but a couple of months kind of in bed. I sort of hid away in bed. I just could not focus. So I clamped headphones on and wrote and wrote in bed. And just it was just a way of getting a little cocoon and away from all the distractions. Um, I, I really had to crank it out, to be honest. But it ended up being fine. Um, mm -hmm. It just was, you know, at the start of the pandemic and lockdown, it was all so intense and new. And we thought this was, we were going to have this these few weeks, didn't we? And, yeah. Yeah. you know, we were sort of stocking up on food and all, you know, we, in some ways, we've become a bit more used to it now. So it was that time, the sort of spring to the summer, I kind of finished the book off. Now, you mentioned, Fiona, that you, were, you said about people stocking up on food. You weren't one of these people who stopped and got about 50 packs of toy in the right way. I did not. I did probably get a few more cans of kidney beans than I needed to. Oh, naughty, naughty. I'm still stashed in the cupboard. No, not really. But, um, you know, it all felt very intense, didn't it? And it was really hard to yeah. just focus and... You know, I know a lot of people that became very kind of fuzzy headed and a bit, you know, forgetful and we weren't sleeping properly. And, you know, it was there's been such a kind of disruption. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of authors have felt the same. And most of the ones I know have found it quite hard to write, actually. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No, I can imagine that. Because you think oh, we've got not so many distractions, you know, you're not going to the gym, you're not going shopping, you're not going out with friends. So this. That doesn't really help. I think also there's a lack of stimulation as well, you know, yeah. which we all need, don't we, to sort of feel that we've got ideas and stuff to say, you know? Yeah. So what would you say that writing has helped you get through it all? Or has there been anything else that um, has helped you? Because that's what we've been talking about. Yeah. Yeah, um, writing definitely has because it is a big focus. I've got a deadline and I have to hit that deadline. So I basically have got to get a book written, which gives me a structure to my day. I very much get up, walk my dog, write. The other thing is a run at lunchtime with my husband. We just do a sort of run around the local streets together for 25 minutes. And that has helped massively because I, I don't much like running on my own. I find it a bit dull, but he... You know, when it's a ritual that we kind of just, it's a habit, you know, he just goes, right, get your shoes on and off we go, you know. There's yeah. no time to sort of um, um and ah about whether I'm going to do it. So that's helped a lot. Exercise, a dog, I have to say, just walking the dog. and yeah. But I, do, I found myself thinking one day, it was very, I live in Glasgow and it's been cold and wet and thinking, I just trudge around the streets, you know, that's why I just trudge, trudge. So I thought <laughs> I've got to try and rethink how of my walk as I am exploring my lovely neighbourhood, you know, <laughs> sort of yeah. put a positive spin on it and stop thinking of as trudging. Um, so, yeah, getting outside and, and having work to do. I'm lucky that I have got work to do. I know a lot of people haven't. So at the moment, so, you know, that that just keeps you going, really, I think. Yeah, and I, I know you uh, you enjoy your painting, don't you? I and do, your, yeah. yeah. You must have had a, a lot more time to do that as well. Um, yeah, I have got more into that, actually, because, you know, you strip away all your sort of socialising and going yes. places and things. Actually, you think there is there is more time, isn't there, um, kind of in the evenings and stuff. I mean, like a lot of people, we have been watching loads more telly than we used to. You know, yeah. that's been great as well. But you don't want to spend every waking moment staring at a screen. I mean, I do that all day anyway because I work exactly, on a laptop. Yeah. 
so um yeah that's been that's i find just find it very relaxing you know very kind of it's good for kind of stress you forget about things get completely yeah. involved in it so you mentioned television programs fiona yeah now we've been we've been talking about uh what what's got us through there's a number yeah, of television watched, programs yeah. that we've kind of revisited from many years ago now what what particular program is yeah help helped you or you've been watching you know something new enjoyed something, together something or, old or yeah yeah we love we love watching stuff together we're watching the fall at the moment with gillian anderson which is gripping quite like a gritty crime drama that's set mm -hmm. in belfast absolutely gripping um now what was the other one the serpent was another kind of crime thing yep. set in Asia. Um, that was great. Call My Agent I really liked, which is a French one, kind of a comedy, quite quirky. Oh, okay. um, they were uh, Succession I really liked. Um, right at the beginning of, of the pandemic, do you remember mm -hmm. Grace and Perry did a series of art shows and they were really sweet and really inspiring. And he, yeah. he was his idea is everybody can draw, everybody can be creative. That was great. Oh, brilliant! So yeah, but I've I've been I have been guzzling a lot of telly. I have to say, which is quite unusual <laughs> for me. Yeah, I think everyone else definitely. It just helps you switch off. It's like reading a good book, isn't it? You just you know you get transported. Of course. Yes. And talk talk about books. What originally made you decide to want to write a novel? all those years ago yeah well i i had before that i'd worked on magazines i'd been an editor of a magazine of more and just 17 and when i had uh, our twins i didn't go back to work i wanted to freelance because i wanted to be at home for as much as i i could so i started on the side having a kind of trying to get a, a book together and it was kind of when i was very sleep deprived we, by that point we had three kids Went by the time I actually got it written, because I was kind of up at night and I, I just felt quite determined that I wanted to do something, kind of a project for myself, yeah. you know. I didn't really think it would get published. Um, and I was actually quite shocked when it did. Um, so, yeah, it was it was kind of a determination to sort of see a project through when the kids were all very little. Wow. Okay, so so that was that that brings me on to something that I was thinking about actually when you when you wrote your first novel did you did you visualize yourself writing like like loads of different ones or whatever or you just wanted to get that first one out you know was it was it just the one you thought let's just get this one cracked and see how it goes or do you think right let's do that let's do 12 13 14 that the idea of that was completely inconceivable. I found it really difficult to write the book. Um, looking back, I don't, you know, it's not really the style I'm writing in now, and I was kind of happy with it at the time. But I've changed my sort of style. I'm kind of relaxed into it a lot over the years. So it was really, it felt monumental. I'd only ever written features for magazines for like two thousand words, you know, that would be on say two or three pages. And suddenly a book is 100,000 words or so. It seemed massive. Um, so I kind of wrote it and just thought, oh, well, if nobody publishes it, at least I've done it. You know, it can sit under the yeah. bed and it's done, a big pile of paper. Um, so, and then when I got published and when I got a contract, often they, a publisher will want to sign you up for two books, which is what happened. Yeah. And I suddenly thought, oh, my God, I've got to do another. I've got to do it again, you know. And that was actually harder. Difficult syndrome. Really? syndrome. It was wow. because I'd had 
quite a long time to mull over the first one and I had a year to write the second one which is quite it is to me seems like quite a long time now I'd normally write one in about eight months or so but wow. then it felt like coming up with a whole new idea and doing it again seemed a big task um so but what's happened just over the years is I've changed publisher, but the one I'm with, they just keep renewing and wanting more books because they're kind of happy with the sales. So you just hope it continues, you know? Yeah. And we obviously, you also write under the name Ellen Barry. Mm -hmm. What I, I know kind of why you uh, why you decided to do that because they're, they're slightly, your books are very slightly different. Yeah. Yeah, they are. But was the was there a specific reason why you kind of you give yourself more hard work really <laughs> didn't you when you did that well I felt that I thought maybe I can write two books a year um because I thought I'm getting quicker and the kids are getting older and they're leaving home going to university and stuff and you know I I, I kind of liked the challenge of it um, oh, yeah. so the reason was yes it's a very slightly different tone of book they're just a bit more gentle and a bit more kind of rural and because it was a series my publisher wanted a name which would just hang those three together also yeah. most of my books are sold in supermarkets and supermarkets probably wouldn't want two books a year from me so they would so okay. but they did actually know it was me writing as somebody else but it Yes. You know, they've only got so many slots on those shelves for, for books. Um, you know, I'm sure if you're absolutely massive, they'd take as many books as you could write, you know, um, like David Walliams say. But, you know, I have a slot a year and you could hope they're going to be in the supermarkets and that people are going to buy them. So um, it was a way of kind of getting around that. I have to say, I actually found writing two books a year really tough, though. So I've kind yeah. of... The Ellen Berry series is finished for now, so I'm just focusing oh. on my Fiona Gibson ones for now. But I might do some more. It just oh, it felt so. like you know finish a book and start the next one like the next day, and I was pretty exhausted. I still think the characters have still got a way to go. <laughs> do you? Did you like them? <laughs> I, I do. I do think there's still more of the stories to be told, yeah. definitely. I would quite like to go back to it, or I would quite like to do a different series. I mean, I did like having a, a setting for all three books that I could go back to. Yes. I did really like writing them. Um, in some ways, I found them a little bit easier. I don't quite know why. Um Maybe because it wasn't my name, it was a, I felt a little bit distanced from them, and not yeah. as not as angsty, not worrying over every sentence so much. Maybe I was a bit more relaxed. I don't know. Yeah. But your characters, though, they are so relatable. Particularly for me, uh, Laura uh -huh. in uh, Mom on the Run. She actually, that character genuinely inspires me to take up jogging. Oh, really? Oh, that's brilliant. Every time I read that book, I think, right, come on, Claire, <laughs> you, can, you can get out there and you can do, you can start jogging, you can get fit and you can really go for that. Because the, the way you, you, I don't know, just, just the way you, you make her, what she says and your descriptions and everything, it's really, really inspiring. Where do you, get the ideas from for these characters oh, i'm glad you feel that that is somebody that inspires um they are they probably start each book kind of starts with a different idea i wanted to do something about running and feeling a woman who didn't feel great about her body and 
aging yeah. and so I started with that and then you sort of just start imagining what that person would be like because when you know when you're writing a book people just think it sometimes that you just sit and type and it all just flows out but you're actually inventing people aren't you and you're imagining yes. them and then you start thinking how would she behave if she thinks her husband's having an affair or all these things yeah. so sort of the somebody's appearance I usually pin it on someone I know a little bit uh, but by yeah. the time the book's been written and edited it doesn't really bear any resemblance so people never recognize themselves um but they know. just become kind of real I sort of kind of just imagine them you know it's a bit like acting or something you sort of imagine a character um yeah. you know what their behavior would be like and you know, you want them to seem real and flawed. You don't want them to be cliched people, you yeah. know, so that when people read your books, they should be, They, I, I would like to think that they're quite fresh. And people, you know, I want people to like my main character, even if she's a bit of an idiot or she drinks too much or she's yeah. horribly disorganised, you know. Um, I think they are probably a lot of them are based on people I know or me when I was a bit younger maybe you know yes do you always know what they're going to look like right from the offset um because you're always very descriptive in what what your characters look like so we can picture them yeah um I usually just make a little note to myself at the start of the main people uh -huh. I don't plan my books out completely I've the one I'm writing just now which is going to come out next year um all I really know about, well, I just know, it, like, say, I've written about three sentences, you know, that she's got shoulder length dark hair, right. she's a flight attendant, she, um, she's not that domesticated, because she's hardly ever at home, you know, so, but those facts help me to grow the idea of that woman and what uh, she's like and what her relationships yeah. are like. Why hasn't she had a boyfriend for 15 years, things like that, you know. It's yes. fun inventing all that. I love I love coming up with all that stuff because mm. you you feel in control. <laughs> you got all the power, you know. And have you got a personal favourite character from all of your books that you really are proud of? The way you developed her and or him, how, how they how they turned out. Well, I I I really like Laura in Mum on the Run because that was. The, book when I went to my current publisher and I felt that things really took off and I felt, felt I got my voice sorted out because the books before I think I was still trying to find out how I wanted to write you know that yeah. was the one where things took off um the book before um last was um the mum who got her life back so oh yes, I love that one. It's about empty nesters, and that was yes. Jack and Nadia. And I actually love writing guy characters. I really like. He works in a charity shop, and um, yes. you know, it's her life after her kids have left home. But then the son comes back and ruins her freedom when she's just met a new boyfriend. I, I, I actually really enjoyed writing her a lot. That was the life stage I was at. You know, a new empty nester. Um, so there's quite a lot of fun with that. You know, she gets the new boyfriend round and the, her son is really ostentatiously cleaning his teeth with electric toothbrush, you know. It's like, <laughs> she's trying to have an adult time, you know. Um, I just really enjoyed writing her. Um, and in the new book, 
um, I've got a character called Susie who ends up sort of lumbered with a failing distillery through her boyfriend's bad business oh. practices and she has oh, to rise to the challenge with that so that I've really enjoyed that one too oh that sounds fabulous um I think the current one is always the one that's closest to my heart you know because I've lived with yeah. them for eight months of course. Yeah, they must feel like old, old friends. Yeah, so I mean, sometimes I've cried when I've been writing. You know, oh. a scene where I feel it's very emotional, I've ended up crying, which sounds totally ridiculous, you know. <laughs> are, you, are you still a reader yourself? I mean, obviously books do give you a huge escape. I've read so many books, uh, particularly during lockdown. They've helped me personally get through. And I know a lot of other people in our community feel the same. Do, do you still read? What type of uh, genre of books do you like to read? Um, I I like quite light kind of fiction. I like I like humour. I like thrillers as well. Lisa Jewell I really like for thrillers. Oh, but yes, I used to read yes. all her kind of more relationshipy ones as well and I loved those I feel I've kind of grown up with her really um yeah. I've reread or dipped into at least Bridget Jones's diary recently because it was the anniversary of 25 uh, years I couldn't believe it yeah um, and somebody wanted to chat to me about whether I thought Bridget was still relevant you know um Ooh. so I thought I'm gonna dip into it and I actually found myself really enjoying it again um one of my favorite authors is Nora Ephron who wrote um Heartburn that was her only novel but she wrote the screenplay for Sleepless in Seattle and When Harry Met Sally oh. and I just okay. love her humor and her take on relationships and um Marion Keys I like um yes yeah I mean oh David Nichols is probably one of my favorites he wrote one day and us us was um serialized this year um that was about a couple whose son they were sort of on the brink of breaking up as the son was about to leave home mm -hmm. they went around europe on the last holiday together that's by david nichols that's us which i love i absolutely love that book okay so now, now you're saying that, Fiona, it brings us to the point. Have you ever been approached, or is it something you'd be open to if somebody approached you to do like a serialization on TV or a film of, of one of your books? Has it happened, or is it something you'd be open to? Um, it hasn't happened. It's something I would love, and I think most authors would, to be honest. But what okay. happens is that somebody would have to approach me. <laughs> And ask okay. or my agent and say, oh, we'd like to, you know, um, buy the the TV serialized TV rights or film rights or something. But I think it's something most authors kind of hope will happen one day. It would be okay. amazing. Do you, do you think that there are any of your particular books that would suit that? Um, I think the dog share would be quite good because it's that's yeah. the one out in spring where, um, because a lot of it is set in the Hebrides on this remote island off the west coast of Scotland there's a stray mm -hmm. dog that turns up there's kind of um, it's got a really nice setting there's a it's there's a it's I think a lot of my books tend to be in the sort of domestic sort of sphere and I wanted to get this one out of that. I wanted to write about somewhere different. Oh. So I think that could be good. And the distillery whole thing about is it going to fail? You know, it's been run into the ground. Um, I'd love to see that as a film. So if anybody's listening, 
Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to read this book. <laughs> so you, you've mentioned you read like thrillers and different genres of kind of book to yours. Now, do you ever fancy writing something that's completely out of, out of your comfort zone, basically? Something different, like a thriller or sci-fi, I don't know. Yeah. Something like that. Do you ever fancy giving it a stab? Do you know, I, I have been thinking for years I would love to write a creepy domestic thriller. I would absolutely oh, love to. And I think I'm going to, but I think what I'll do is not do it. I think I'll do it as a little project on the side and not really tell my tell anybody. Yeah. Okay. I'd, you know, I'd, I'd sort of, I'd like to just do it without the pressure of a publisher waiting for it or having a lot of involvement. Mm-hmm. I'd just like to give it a bit of a go as a little side project. I've got an idea for one, and I just think yeah. it would be it can be really fun to write somebody who's really nasty, twisted character, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because a lot because my books are rom coms and they have to be full of jokes. And yeah. it would be nice to try something different, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I think you should definitely go for that. I'll have a go. If I can get if I can get I actually thought if I can get this one written early, I'll get myself a little chunk of time, but I don't think it is gonna be early actually. I think I'm gonna be writing till the day it's due in. So there's there's always gaps, you know, when my editor's actually working on my book herself, I've got a little bit of downtime then. So I'll I'll have a go. I'm going to try and do it this year, at least get it started, even just a few chapters, um, and I will tell you all about it when I've done it. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> this is a big side this one, when it actually happens. Because they're your, yeah. more your top of books, so yeah. you could read that then. Yeah, if I, yeah, no, no disrespect, Fiona, but if I read your type of book, I would. The people would be concerned. I'd be concerned about myself. <laughs> well, they, I must admit, they are chicks' books. I mean, that my readers yeah. are ninety nine percent are women. They are. Okay. Yeah. So I'm not offended. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I hope you. Wouldn't no, my be. husband <laughs> hasn't read my books, so you know I'm absolutely fine with that. Really? Yeah, he's much more kind of crime thriller guy. Um, and my first one, I asked, asked him to check it for mistakes, and he read a few pages, and we started having a bit of a row because he was wanting to move commas <laughs> around and change things. <laughs> oh, I, th- I do that to you. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's like... I always break your grammar. I'm, I'm a disgrace, aren't I? <laughs> it's like, you know, when you teach your partner to drive, it's just not a good idea. No. <laughs> <laughs> I bet, I bet your daughter's read your books, though. Actually, my daughter has. She actually, I was so zonked and done in when I'd written this book in bed um, that I got her to read it for me and check it for me because I just thought, I I just can't look at it for another second. You've got to read it and check it. So she checked the whole book for me for mistakes. She, she wow. proofread it. So that was great. Did she enjoy it? She really did, yeah, she did. Yeah, and she picked up some good little things that were slightly, you know, slight mistakes and things, and she was really good at it. She's a student. She's 20. So, um, yeah, I was very grateful. Oh, brilliant. So, mention your daughter. You've got, you mentioned as well, uh, you've got twin boys, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, yes. Are, are they identical, aren't they? No, they're not, actually. They do look really alike. Oh, they did very look very very alike as children they're now 23 and they do look quite well to me they look different but a lot of people um you know somebody might have approached one of them and thought it was his brother you know 
Okay. So, um, yeah, they are quite similar. Now, we've, we've, we've got twins as well. We've got twin boys as well. Yeah, they are 12, well, thir- they'll be 13 in uh, April. Wow. And they, they look nothing like each no, other. No, one's tall and blonde and one's short and dark. Oh, really? <laughs> really? We think there was a mix-up in the hospital, maybe. And nobody is going to use their twins. They think that one's, like, much younger than the other oh, one. wow. That's incredible. But you won't understand the struggle of bringing twins up oh yes yes it's so do you have a younger one do you, were your twins your first yes. yes and then we've got jasmine and she's five just right. five, yeah, yeah we had the same twin boys and then a, a daughter single after after them so that felt like a breeze to be honest but it's, there was a lot of fun a lot of it was quite intense but it was fun um, At what point does it start getting easier? <laughs> it hasn't. <laughs> really? You know, it, yeah. I, well, looking back, I really enjoyed the primary years, the primary school years. Yes. And they are best mates. They are so – they get on really, really well. I found the teenage years harder, actually. I just felt mm, that yeah. pulling away from us was quite difficult. Um, we're at that like pre-teen yeah that's when it's starting to go a bit off you know but they yeah mom and dad aren't cool mom and dad don't understand anything about anything that's cool Mm. and that sounds really Mm. familiar (laughs) (laughs) rolling their eyes at you but it doesn't get any easier oh god I found the sort of mid-teens a bit a bit hard but then when they've got older, they, these lovely young men come back and see us and we have nice family times, you know. But they, yeah. they wanted very much to go off to different cities when they both left home. They really wanted their own space. Yeah. yeah, Which I think is kind of understandable, you know. But they get you're really, really good, then, that they get on and that they're so close. Were they always close? Did they fight Not lot? really. I mean, I think it, I think it was probably oh. harder being in that relationship than I realised, probably. Yes. Um, but they always played together as kids and hung... But we lived in a really small town, so there wasn't a lot of choice of friends. So they would share... They mm-hmm. would have the same friends because we lived in a little place with only 2,000 people. Um, yeah. So their school was quite small. Um, but I think that's why it was important for them to split off and do their own thing. Mm-hmm. But they still get on really, really well. Um, oh, yeah, I mean, they speak, like. you know, all the time on the phone. So, so yeah, right. it's good. <laughs> we got through. Well, our, our boys are kind of like they're, they're best friends, but they kind of hate each other as well. If you could maybe yeah. relate to that as well. They, they seem to think they're one entity. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah they're, they're like but they one don't entity. like being one entity. And they'll never admit to being best friends, but they can't do without each other. This is, I think it's probably their age. Yes. Yeah. It is, it is, it's tough, isn't it? Because so much at home, they end up doing together. Um, sorry, I'm just lost that thing. Um, you know, when they're at home... They're eating together, they're hanging out together, and I guess they must absolutely get sick of each other sometimes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially at the moment. Mm-hmm. Mm. That, that, that pre-teen stage is quite tricky, I think. Mm. What, so what, what age would you say it starts to get a little bit easier? Um, <laughs> I don't want to say. Uh, probably 
by about sort of 15, 14, 15. Okay, not too bad. I think when they started to get a bit more, we could let them have a bit more freedom and then they could kind of go out and about a bit more, you know, and do their own thing a little bit more. Well, thank you very much, Fiona. That was that was brilliant, wasn't it? What a wonderful chat. Oh, it was fantastic. She's so lovely. Oh, she was she was great, wasn't she? I'm on a high now. <laughs> now, as she's mentioned, Fiona's next uh, book, The Dog Share, is available from the 4th of March. So, yeah, go and buy it. Yeah. If you've not read Fiona's books, they are amazing. They are so funny. Her characters are so relatable. Uh, you will find something in all of Fiona's characters that you recognise in yourself. And they're just fantastic books. You can't put them down and they are so feel-good. Mm -hmm, they mm -hmm. really are. Mm -hmm. So all, not just the dog share, which is out start of March, all of Fiona's books oh, are gotcha. available, available in all the usual places. You know where they are. You know and you... with your Kindle as well. You and can the, get them. Obviously the Kindle as well. Yep. And obviously in supermarkets too. Yes. Fiona is also very active on social media. On Facebook, you can find her as Fiona Gibson, the page on Facebook. On Instagram, she is at Fiona underscore Gib. And on Twitter, it's pretty easy, at Fiona Gibson. Now, she puts a lo lots of lovely posts, doesn't she? Yep. Of her paintings and her family. She's very active on there. Her doodles, her dogs. Yeah. So, please give her a follow. The lovely lady, as you can hear there. Thank yeah. you again, Fiona. This is Lockdown Life. This is Chris and Claire. Obviously, I'm Chris. Hello, I'm Claire. It makes sense, doesn't it? Well, we were, yeah. If it's the other way around, it would be concerning, wouldn't it? Not really. What we're talking about is stuff that has got us through lockdown, stuff that is keeping us positive, stuff that we've been through as well to lay our hearts on the line, lay ourselves bare. Now, we have three... Do you really think anyone gives a shit? Well, if, if anyone's listening, obviously you do, don't they? <laughs> the way you say, lay ourselves bare. Not literally, that'd be hideous, wouldn't it, Ben? <laughs> now, we have three children, don't we? We have uh, the boys, Jamie and Joe, who are 12, knocking on 13. In April, yeah. And we have Jasmine, who is just turned the age of five. Now, starting with the boys, they, have, um, they are home learning at the moment. They're secondary school. <sighs> Well, they never and really went back, if we're honest. It's been very often on. They self-isolated so many times. Yeah, not because not because they uh, no. had COVID wife, but because there's so many with a close contact of theirs. So, but since Christmas, they've been home learning, and it could go on. We don't know. For it could go on till Easter and beyond. Yeah, don't say that. Who knows? No, but it's true, isn't it? We, we don't. We we just no. don't know. Nobody knows. This is no. the thing. Everyone is in the same boat. Aren't they? Of course. Everyone's yeah. gone into this blind. It's not it, it, It's not easy for anyone, whoever you are, whoever you are, whether no. you're rich, whether you're poor, whether, you know, it doesn't matter. Everyone is experiencing problems and difficulties oh, during gosh, this yeah. time. It goes for everyone because nobody's, it's not exclusive to anyone. This is, this is, this is everyone going through the same thing. Of course, yeah. So we've got the boys. And then we've got Jasmine, our little girl. She's five years old. She's uh, Jasmine is actually a, a special special needs school. She's got 
well, undiagnosed, but uh, potential autism, isn't it? We think so. And learning difficulties. Yes, because she's actually non-verbal. Like I say, she's just turned five years old. She's non-verbal. And uh, she did go to a mainstream uh, nursery up until just before the last lockdown in March when it all got closed. And then she got her uh, educational healthcare plan. Yep, we went through all that over lockdown. We had to do it all kind of remotely over the phone. Yeah, it was very, it was, it was, very it was, it was a bit. It was more long-winded because we couldn't see anyone. So it was, very, it was kind of stressful. We wanted her to get into this special school, which is a lovely school. And she got a place. And she got, and it was, thank God she did because she would start there in September. And up and, until this current lockdown. Yeah, it's been 95%. She's, yeah, she's been there and stuff. There's been a couple of things where he's had to, Shut down for, for a couple of days, deep cleaning. But it's been it's been fantastic for it, and and we me and Claire both work, um, and she was originally on four days out of the five. Yeah, but I would like to bring something Sorry. up actually. Okay. Uh, when the uh, the lockdown got announced, this third lockdown. Yep. Boris said that ah. um, special needs schools. Children with educational healthcare plans yep. were basically exempt. Yeah, absolutely. the schools could stay open; they could continue their education as normal. Yeah, but it's not. That's not that's strictly but true. That is actually it? is not correct. No, because our daughter's school, yes, it's still open. Yeah, it's still open for key workers. Of course, it is. Mm-hmm. And it's also open for the other children, but it's open on a what once a week, two week, two days a week, should I say? It's kind basis. of a rotor kind of basis. Yeah, yeah. your child might may, may get two days a week mm-hmm. basically, and the reason for that is because they have to follow <clears throat> guidelines. They are that officially they're allowed to be open. But technically, they're not because yeah. they have to follow guidelines. They were dropped in it. They were absolutely dropped in it because mm. the parents were thinking that it was open, it was all okay. Mm. But that's not the case because they're only able to operate on half a staff force. Yeah. And they have to adhere to the social distancing, etc., mm-hmm. which means only half, maybe 40% of the pupils can be in school. Mm-hmm. At the same time. And this is the difference this time, because back into the original lockdown, it was literally key workers. So you're talking talking like uh, emergency services, supermarket work. It's, yeah. Supermarket work, it's workers rather. Yeah. And yeah, and everything else I failed to mention. I apologise if anyone's listening. I forgot you. I don't mean like that. But this time, a lot more people still have to go to work. And have to go to work, like we do. And the, the sense is, well, I wouldn't describe myself as a key worker, nor would you. No. But we have to go to work, and that's what that's what it, that, that's what's happening. Is everything is not closed? And so initially, mm. when it was announced, the school were absolutely fantastic. Jasmine yeah. was given her four days, and then once people started to realise yeah. that actually anyone who goes to that school, because you cannot go to Jasmine's school without having an educational healthcare plan. No, you have to have that. And if you have one of those, your child is entitled yeah. to go to school. That's right. And rightly so. Of course. Suddenly, they were literally oversubscribed with parents saying, right, my child, I'm going to say, I'm yeah. willing to send my child. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of parents that said, actually, I want to keep my child at home, which is 100% of course it is, yeah. understandable. Mm. But they have been overwhelmed with 
people who want their children to go to school. Mm -hmm. So Jasmine's had her days cut. She has four days to two. And I'm, that's fine because the days they have need to be shared. Because mm -hmm. it's tough. It's not easy having a special no, no, needs no. child at home. It's not. No, it's not. It's not. And, uh, it's not actually. It's not easy having any of course, child at home. Of, I don't want of to, a certain age, especially because yeah. you know any five year old child can't look after themselves. Of course they can't. No. no. But the, the, oh, it just annoys me because the the, the school have just been dropped in it. Yeah. And are. however many other schools like that across the country that have been dropped in it and these schools are amazing they're yeah. not just your normal schools no 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 it's it's, it's very personal it's, it's not like it's it's, it's like a community it is a, it is very very much a community it's not like a school it's first known terms with teachers and stuff like that yeah. it's not it's no there's no hot there's no like us and them it's not it's not like that no, at all. and we've been allocated a lovely lady yeah who has to phone us Every single week, and it's yes. not just to check on Jasmine. No, it's to check on the boys and to check on us, and the that whole we're family. all doing okay, and the whole family, which is which is very nice. Is yeah, it is nice because we've heard yeah. absolutely piss all from the boys' school. No, it's just a few texts here and there. That's and if it, they get that right, and yeah, exactly. I mean, I know there's a lot more kids there, but it's just. I, the, with, with Jassy's school. We've had more concern from Jassy's school about the boys than we have from the boys' school. Yeah, that's true, that is, actually, yeah. No, it's true. It is, it is, and it's madness, really, but that's the way it is, and so that, 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 that that's... I'm sure a lot of you listening are having... You, you, your kids are at school, off school, or whatever. You're having to do home learning. We know that, and uh, that's our experience of what we're going through at the moment with, with kids being at home, and home learning, and uh, yeah, and the short groovers, it's tough. It's bloody hard work. But food, food has played a massive, massive part of since the lockdown started, I'm not isn't it? Sure, we're not the only ones in that. Mm. Now, we love to cook ourselves. We've always, always liked to cook our yeah. own things. We do a lot of variation of different meals, but we have developed this Tuesday night obsession. Um, a rather bad habit. It's a bad habit, but it's a good habit because it makes, it makes us feel amazing, doesn't it? We, it's, we have a Tuesday night Chinese from our a kind of like semi-local Chinese Dragon Express in uh, Tamworth. But it's all about... One particular um, mm. dish, as we should call it. Okay, now it, it, it officially it's uh, beef with uh, chili and spring onions. Chili and spring onions, but it has become such an addictive dish for us that I, I, I think it was me who labelled you, it. Of course, you labelled it. Uh, we call I, I call we call it uh, heroin beef. Now it sounds a bit graphic. And it's that... heroin beef Tuesdays. Heroin beef Tuesdays, yes. Now Ruth called it heroin beef because of the addictiveness of it. I'm not a heroin user, never have been. Uh, if anyone's listening is a heroin user, um, yeah, okay. But it's it's, it's the the addictiveness, addictiveness of it. And I'm 
get. Is go on. I'm not quite sure what because it, it's quite sweet and I don't like like the sweet and some sauce to give you from it's the a Chinese. Bit, it's a bit no. sweet and sourish, isn't it? Yeah. And I don't. That's why I don't understand why I like it because mm, it no, does taste very sweet and sourish, and I a, don't like. It's just that. A, something so moorish about it, a bit like heroin. And if you like me, I mean you don't because you you don't mix yours, do you? I don't mix mine, yeah. I mix no. mine with my egg fried rice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I pile it on a on a, a prawn cracker. <laughs> and yeah. you start eating it and it's like crumbling, but it's it's just so mm. amazing. So, but, it's, uh, but I, like, I like to say that I like, ch- between Tuesdays and Tuesdays, so Tuesday night we have it, and then all throughout the week, I chase the heroin <laughs> beef dragon. <laughs> It's it's a bit. Like, I'm sure Rosso will get that. It's like it's like train spotting. Such a perfect day. Feed animals in the zoo. Anyone who's watched Train Spotting will know what I'm talking about now. You've not, have you? You know, watched it, have you? Oh, it's like it's it's, it's all heroin related. Right, I leave the heroin now. Okay, <laughs> but heroin beef, love it, love it, love it, and of course, we can't forget to talk about. Now, we're a bit late to the party on this. For Christmas... A bit late. A bit very late. late. five years too late, I I've think. I've been asking for one for about two years. But the time was right, wasn't it? For Christmas, only because it was cheap. No, I can... Exactly. <laughs> I, I bought uh, Claire a... Um, what do you call them? An, an Echo, Echo, Echo Dot. Echo Dot. The, uh, Finally. Uh, the, the Alexa thingamajig. Um, which is, yeah, everyone knows it's like a, a, a speaker and uh, you can talk to it and it becomes your... It's her. It, it, sorry, sorry, I can't say her name because she's here with us now. And if I, That's the thing what we get, don't we? You accidentally say the name, we'll say it in a minute because when you say a name, she kind of like comes to life uh, and starts speaking to you. She's very good. So she's we are... Helpful. We are talking... Alexa, I'm having to whisper it now. Look, she's, she's lit up already, look. She's lit up, okay. She's lit up. Oh, she's I'm going to ask her a question. Can I ask, what, who wants to ask, do you want to ask her a question? No, you do it. Alexa, how are you today? I'm fighting off the blues, and what better way to do it than with a song? Just ask me to sing the blues. Maybe not. No. No, thanks, Alexa. No, we don't Get a better question. Okay. Alexa, who is Keith Duffy? According to Wikipedia, Keith Peter Thomas Francis Julian John Duffy is an Irish singer-songwriter, actor, radio and television presenter and drummer who began his professional music career as part of Irish <laughs> band Boyzone alongside Roland Keating, Mikey Graham, okay. Shane Lynch yeah. and Stephen Gately in 1993. Drummer! There you go! Drummer! Radio presenter. <laughs> what? Drama. Hang on. Let's ask her about. Let's ask her about Mikey. Okay. Alexa, who is Mikey Graham? According to Wikipedia, Michael Christopher Charles Mikey Graham is an Irish singer-songwriter, hmm. actor, and record producer, best known as a member of boy band Boyzone. In 2010, he was a contestant on Dancing on Ice. The youngest of seven children, oh. Graham was born to housewife Sheila and Carpenter William and raised on the north side of Dublin Ooh. with five older sisters and one older brother. 
It's like an autobiography, on, this, isn't it? Let's carry on. Alexa, who is Shane Lynch? According to Wikipedia, Shane Eamon Mark Stephen Lynch is oh. an Irish singer-songwriter and professional drift driver, best known as a member of Boyzone. In recent years, he has taken up auto racing, participated in reality shows such as Celebrity Big Brother in 2018 mm -hmm. and appeared as a judge on the All-Ireland Talent Show. Oh, very good. Last one, Alexa, who is Ronan Keating? According to Wikipedia, Ronan Patrick John Keating is an Irish singer-songwriter, musician, and philanthropist who currently hosts a breakfast show Clamp. on Magic Radio. Uh. He debuted in 1994 alongside Keith Duffy, Michael Graham, Drummer. Shane Lynch, and Stephen Gately as the co-lead oh, singer of Irish group Boyzone. His solo career started oh. in 1999 oh, and he has recorded 11 albums. Uh, what does philanthropist mean? I don't know how to describe it, really. I just, just think... There's a lot of I good... wouldn't... I would not... Oh, hang on. You asked me a question. that word with Ronan. Okay. There's a lot of good work for charity. Oh. That type of thing. A lot of good work for charity. Well, that's a posh word. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, yeah, it's a mouthful. But she's Trying very say that, informative, isn't she? She is, indeed. She but is, But really, indeed. Keith Duffy... Drama. Drama? Radio presenter. Singer. But <laughs> well, I've got to ask. Okay. I'm going to be. Let's do it. Okay. Alexa, who is Chris Monument? Here's something I found on the web. According to rockfreaks.net. Huh? Chris is a very well-known face within the music industry. Oh, oh! for his saxophone solos <laughs> album Altered State and his performance duties with the Heart Machine on their latest espionage around wow. Europe. Did that answer your question? Not really, no! I say yes, I'm a famous saxophonist. Thanks for your feedback. Sorry? Sorry! Don't, no, don't, oh, no, don't correct yourself. I'm a, <laughs> uh, now, I, I am a famous saxophonist. No, I will accept not. that. I'll have to pick a saxophone up and give it a try because I'm obviously a natural. <laughs> Thank you, Alex. Oh, better not say a name again. No. But I'll settle for that. Knowing me, Chris Moyer, saxophonist. What a load of... Oh, bollocks, man! <laughs> so that has been our lockdown life, hasn't it, Claire? Yep. And hopefully a few of you can associate and feel our pain, feel our positivity as well, hopefully, as well. And have your thoughts as well. I'm sure many of you have got your favourite foods, television shows, takeaways, radio stations, your struggles with home learning or whatever it may be. We've all had our struggles and we've all kind of changed, I suppose, haven't we? Yeah, I think so. I, th I like to think we've changed for the better. Yeah. Don't you think? Maybe. You can disagree. You don't have to go along with it. No, I don't know. Thing is, this will have affected people in all kinds of ways that might not even become apparent until after it's all over and we go back to normal and summer will go happen and I think, hang on, I don't think or act like What's that normal? Anymore. Can you remember what I can't remember what normal, normal is? Normal doesn't exist anymore. No, there's no normal. The new normal. Normal's going to be oh, a complete unknown. 
It is, it's true. When we all get to go back to concerts, go back to the football, go back to parties and everything else, all these big social gatherings that we have. Gatherings, it's a, it's a, it's a rude word now. It is. It's a, it's a swear word, it's like the C word or the F word, isn't it? No, gatherings. it's not allowed, is it? Gatherings are allowed. Naughty, naughty. But for me personally, just let me back in a pissing concert arena please or a pub or anything like that i'll i'll leave the pub i want to go to my concerts thanks or let you embrace an old friend yeah or a new friend maybe wow <laughs> this is it isn't it so this has been claire and chris talk lockdown, lockdown. life that was my line Okay, I've just started You've off got here. to get used to it, it'll be fine. Okay, okay. Now, we are on social media, we're on Instagram, and we're on Twitter. Are we? We are, we are now, yeah. I've oh, God! I've been very proactive. See, I yeah. don't know about any of this. So, you do, if you uh, search the handle at Claire Chris Talk, I tried to get Claire and Chris Talk, but it, 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 didn't, um, it wasn't right, so Claire... Doesn't, doesn't want us to be married. Claire, it? well, no, Claire, no, it's just, yeah, two separate entities. Claire, Chris, talk. That's on Twitter. That's on Instagram. If you want to follow us, please do so. If you want to tweet or, what do you call Instagram? Grammars? What do you call it? I'm not sure. I don't know. Instagram. I'm not grammars. a fan of Instagram, to If you be want honest. to send us any abuse, any positive thoughts, anything like that, abuse, obviously... Uh, if there's any foul swear words, you may be. No, don't blocked. abuse us. No. We don't. We don't. We don't deserve abuse. We don't deserve abuse, but this is this comes with the territory, doesn't it? When you're on social media, you set yourself no, up that no, type of thing. But please, please don't. Please don't. We're we don't, not. We don't send out abuse. We may abuse each other. But that's allowed. We're allowed. We're married. Okay. So we've enjoyed this first podcast, haven't we? Yes. Long may it continue. Thank you very much for listening. Take care, whatever you are in the world, whatever you're doing, we will see or speak to you all soon. Bye. Good night and God bless everyone. Claire and Chris.